0: Bostonology podcast, man. Episode four. We back. We back. Will. We back. Welcome back. Um, I can't believe we're on episode four, man. Um, you know, it, it took us almost four years to start this podcast, and we're on episode four right now. So, um, shout out, shout out to us, man.
1: I can't believe I'm even here.
0: Yeah, Dang. yeah. You had a you had a pretty fun weekend,
1: huh? huh. I'm on my 11 different type of uh, mixed drink from <laughs> this event. Luckily, Stan was my designated driver designated tonight. Driver. Shout, out, shout
0: out to Stan, the, the designated driver. Um,
1: if not, I would have drove the car right into the beach.
0: Yeah, we would not be able to shoot today. So, uh, shout out to you, Stan. Uh, shout out to Stan. Tell, tell the people where you were, man. What, what were you doing this weekend?
1: So, today we were at Russo's on the Bay uh, for the dinner, the boxing dinner, Ring 8 boxing dinner, where there were commemorative Larry Holmes, Jerry Cooney, Uh, Joseph Gambo, Ronaldo Snipes, Teddy Atlas. uh, Legendary fighters. Legendary fighters or people involved with boxing Mm -hmm. as far as matchmaking or uh, training. Wonderful trophies, wonderful atmosphere, ambiance was incredible. I went with Stan. I told you guys last minute. Yeah. Um,
0: Next time. I'll get in there next time.
1: Next time we'll go early. Um, I remember going in a whole bunch of times, wonderful people there and all the great fighters today we had uh Junior Jones, and I actually spoke to him. I went up to him. He looks every time when you see somebody you want to see them a certain way, but they get older by the second, and you guys got a little history though. We got a little history. Junior Jones was the first person I ever sparred with that was a professional fighter at the highest level, which means he was a world champion, he was getting ready to fight, Marco Antonio Barrera, Mm -hmm. sparred the first round, knocked my mouthpiece right out the the ring, and then after that it was, uh, let's go, get it going, uh, type of fight, and got a lot of respect from him, actually, that's the first thing I said to him today, I said, Junior, remember when I sparred you and you knocked my mouthpiece out of my mouth? I didn't even ask him how was his day or what was going on. I just went right
0: (laughs) right to him. You just went straight to that. Pulled my
1: arm around him and said, what's up, Junior? You remember when you sparred me and you knocked my mouthpiece right out? And he laughed, and I said, remember when I beat the crap out of you right after that? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we had wonderful wars. Actually, I learned a lot, a tremendous deal from him. Every time I see him, I get excited because he's a great guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of his jokes are (laughs) not even funny. Because you don't know what to expect out of Junior Jones. Sometimes he takes your phone, puts it in his own pocket or your wallet. In his oh, pocket. so
0: he's like you. He's You You guys are the same. Almost yeah. like
1: a kleptomaniac. <laughs> but he gives it back to you. So sometimes you got to like, okay, I'm going to get into another fight with this guy. Shout out to Julian you Jones. Know, Junior Jones, wonderful guy, man. Very good guy. So Aaron, uh, I mean, uh, Aaron Barkley, the Blade, who beat uh, Tommy Hearns twice. Tommy Hearns, yep. Um tough fighter has a very like unbelievable story and I'm gonna get him in the podcast I'm not even gonna talk of some of the stuff that he tells me this guy's stories are, are incredible no one has ever heard of Uh just to go a little bit on him that people know his sister uh, rest her soul, uh Yvonne I believe is her name she's the one that taught him how to box she was a professional boxer mm-hmm and uh, he was part of the Black Spades, which he was with also Mitch Green. That's another story. He fought Mike Tyson.
0: That was like a like an old school gang, right?
1: Old school gang, tough, rough guys, man, very dangerous back in the '80s. And uh, he became a professional I boxer. I wasn't here yet. <laughs> we weren't. We were here. <laughs> I was here. I was uh, yeah, here. You, so were, you was here. Yeah, you, <laughs> you I were here. I, I, I wasn't
0: here for that. But um, if, if you guys don't know who I Barkley is, man, please do your research. Um, I ran the blade the
1: blade, I ran the blade um, yeah. but I'll let you i let you uh For Roberto Duran great fight Duran mm-hmm. beat him yep, but he beat Tommy Hearns and Tommy Hearns knocked out Roberto Duran cold. Yep. So um, I mean that's just how the fight game game. Um, James Tony also beat up Iran Barkley. but I Barkley was one of the toughest guys you would meet. He had a tremendous amateur career. And now he's married, uh, lives in 3rd Avenue still. Wonderful man. He'll stop what he's doing. If you call him over, he'll come up to you. He'll talk to you. I mean, I love that guy. That guy, I I, I speak to him all the time when I can. And uh, I've taken him out before to eat. Give you the shirt off his back. I mean, that guy is just a sweetheart. He's a humble guy. Sweetheart. I was looking for Mark Breland today. I didn't see him. Um, Usually when you see Junior Jones, you see... I ran Barkley, you see Mark Breland. Brilliant I did not see today. Um, I want to give a special thanks to uh, Bob Duffy, the Ring 8 president, also the president of the association uh, that did the show today. Great guy. Gave me uh, two tickets the other day for the BWAA Awards, which I'll discuss in a few. mm mm-hmm. um, we gave him a Boxingology shirt. I didn't forget him. I would love to give him more. I mean, this guy is always doing more and more each time for the fighters. They have a ring 8 Uh, is been around for many years. Many guys I've, I've met there, from Emmanuel Stewart to Joe Clancy and uh, Louis Collazo, Paul Malinagi, Frank Galazza. I mean, I could go on and on with so many guys that got there, um, and they help fighters. Fighters after boxing, fighters that don't know what to do after boxing, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. with medical bills, yeah. with uh, with payments, yeah. paying the rent, or looking for a job. This organization, Ring Eight, uh, goes out of their way to help fighters. And yeah. there's a few other ones out there. Shout out to everybody. That kind of yeah, kind of branched off. But Ring A is, is that's my my uh my hometown there. That's, that's my organization. I'm a member there.
0: Yeah, there's there's a shout out to everyone who who does these events, all the organizations, because like you just said, man, boxing is there's, there's no pension for these boxers. There's no health insurance. There's none of that. You know, there's there's no organizations they can really go to. So these things these things are great where you can honor these fighters, where you could reach out, you know, raise money, do certain things. So. Shout out to all those guys, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, His shows are always great. The trophies, the awards, incredible. It was a full house today. They honor honor, uh, Jerry Cooney. Jerry Cooney. For the 40 years with Larry Holmes. Larry Larry Holmes was there too. Larry Holmes, Jerry Cooney, for their 40 year fight anniversary. Um, Took a picture with them. I love Jerry Cooney. I know him for a long time. Good friends of my cousin Alex Ramos from the nineteen eighties. Uh Jerry Cooney is funny and tough. Uh tall, six six I believe. Yeah, yeah. And big guy. He fought he I mean he beat uh Jimmy Young. He beat Ken Norton uh beat like a Hercules. Of guys. Yeah, he, he he beat a lot of guys, man. Uh beat Ron Lau, who's mm-hmm. tough as Ron Lau was tough. And he got KO by Larry Holmes, and George Foreman. But, you know, listen, he fought the best guys they could possibly fight. He's regarded in New York as one of the, the best at that time. One of the best fighters that never won a belt. Probably in this era, he would have won a belt. I mean, the way they trained back then. His trainer was uh, Victor volley uh senior. And his son uh, came here a whole bunch of times to train. And he's very ill now. Uh, I spoke to his, his, uh, his son, which is the grandson of Victor Volley Sr., mm-hmm. Joey Vali, And they, uh, they have a company called VSL uh, Fighting Equipment. They give a lot of equipment to a lot of gyms. Uh, he also trains Eddie Hearns. I mean, I'm sorry, Eddie Gomez. Um, he's a smart, smart guy. He had a great career as a, a professional fighter and great amateur career and then now he's just a trainer. So much respect to the Volley family, man. They they've had a lot of wonderful memories. And Victor Volley, the father of Joey Volley, actually uh took Oleg Muskovic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and won yeah. the championship yep. over Haseen Rahman. Haseen Rahman, yep. Yep. So much respect and much love. Respect. Got yep. a lot of love for that family.
0: So so this was this was a ring eight event that you went to. So what about the you went you went to another one on Saturday, right? Yeah, I went to another one. Well, let's
1: let's finish this one. So, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to the girl Stephanie, who was the waitress. She was very observant. Every time I was emptying my glass, she definitely made sure she filled oh, so, it. <laughs> so Stephanie
0: is to blame. <laughs> she, we, we this is Stephanie's fault. Okay, copy that.
1: Oh man, eleven drinks, different drinks. Uh. Or two of the same, two Red Devils. Let's try to go through it. A French seventy-five, which was from the nineteen twenties, mm-hmm. drink from World War One. I. Um, I drank a screwdriver, a Bloody Mary, a Manhattan. Jeez, um, what else I drink? A gin and juice, uh, an old fashioned. And there was three more drinks that I can't remember off the top of my head. They were just very unique, and I functioned normally. Yeah,
0: yeah, you you are functioning normally, functioning which is normally. which is very 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 weird because that's a that's a crazy combination of yeah. drinks that you just. And yeah, the named. girl says
1: she's never seen anything like it. I've never seen anyone drink. She went to the like bartender and kept giving them. Uh, the menu, this is what this guy's asking for, or this is what he wants. And they're like, I never heard of these drinks. They had, they had to Google some of these drinks. But great, great place. Uh, shout out to Stephanie. Shout out to Stephanie. Great uh, hostess there, waitress. Uh, the people around me were fantastic. Um, I went with Stan, who's one of the trainers and owners of Boxingology, we had a wonderful time, a lot of laughter. We talked a lot about boxing. Uh, we met uh, Ronaldo Snipes, who fought uh, for the belt against Larry Holmes. He was within, I think, seven to a few seconds from winning the belt and didn't pull it off. Uh, great guy. And uh, and he recovered from cancer as well a few years ago. He looked phenomenal today. And Vinny Mandelon. Who also fought uh the Holyfield. He was there today. Always glad to see Vinny. Every time I stop Vinny, always gives me a hug. Great guy, nice guy. Um, Sonia from USA Boxing was there. You know, I was happy to see her and 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 the workers. Shout out to Sonia. Yeah, shout see out to uh, Sonia. She hard worker. Yeah. And she puts on she she I mean when I do my shows. She tells me what she wants, what she needs, and we work together. I mean, she's—I wouldn't want to get her angry. I mean, no, she was an ex-professional no, fighter No, no, so. no,
0: man. I—I I seen her get there. Some, well, almost get there a few times. Um, some of these shows, but she's she's always on point, man. Real, real hard worker. Shout out to shout does out to not some. Doesn't want of you. to play games. No, no games. Doesn't no want you to mess up her show. Strictly business.
1: And uh, the shows
0: and the shows run smoothly.
1: The sm- the shows run smoothly with her. Um. I much respect to her I mean I, I love her she's great and I love all the workers that work uh you know the amateur the the referees and she had biggie there that does the the gloves yep uh, a lot of respect for them and uh Tommy Gallagher who also uh man he's been around boxing so long so long I don't know how many golden gloves he had as an amateur I think it's anywhere from four to five mm. uh he trained a tremendous amount of professional fighters, knows his, his stuff. And I bumped into him by accident and looked. He goes, hey, Will, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> These guys, they don't miss a beat, they remember you. Now,
0: what drink were you on when you bumped into him by accident?
1: Um, phew, I think Five, I was on six. water. Oh, you was on- <laughs> I was on water at that moment. Oh, you this- was in recovery mode. at this. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to water <laughs> this down. because I started seeing three Larry Holmes approaching my, my table. <laughs> I, was, I was getting a little worried. <laughs> Three Larry Holmes. Um, hard That's to stop good. his jab. You know, oh, yeah. One of the greatest ever. One of the greatest ever. Uh, Seven-year world champion as a heavyweight.
0: And doesn't doesn't get the credit. I, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. What about you?
1: At he, well, he don't get the credit because he was Muhammad Ali's sparring partner and because he beat Muhammad he beat Ali yep. in the pros. Yeah. And from that moment on, whether you were black, white, or Spanish,
0: you they beat Muhammad
1: him. Ali, you were a target. They hated him. And but they, they got to get over that now. Yeah, I mean, man, I, I, it's it's unfortunate because even to this day, people are always going to talk about everybody. Joe Louis, Rocky Marciano, Muhammad Ali, Sonny Liston, yep. and they always forget Larry, Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes was bad. One of the best jabs Seven ever. years in a row. World champion. Yep. For everybody. Mind you, as an old man in his 40s, he almost stopped Evander Holyfield on cuts. Oh, man, this guy was so bad. it' was bad. For Mike Tyson, I think at 37 years old, got KO'd. Yeah, that didn't go too well. I but. mean, but but he wasn't scared. He was there to fight. And his, and his first vict- uh, loss was against Michael Spinks. The Sphinx Jinx, who the was the, one Jinx. of the greatest light heavyweights of, uh, of all time. It was a controversial fight. They fought two times. Um, but, hey, listen, he fought everybody he had to fight. And he's done good for his career. He uh, lives in eastern Pennsylvania. And almost practically every property over there is his. He's done great in real estate. He's done a lot of shows. Uh, Mike Tyson loves to see him. He loves him. Talks talks very highly of, of Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes looks a little a lot more. Uh, he looks sick today. And uh, he didn't talk much. He said a few things. He wasn't getting up much. Uh, Stan gave him the glove to sign. I mean, practically needed a telescope. <laughs> couldn't couldn't see the damn glove, but. I mean, I, I still love that guy. That guy had his jab was Muhammad Ali's job a little harder. Yeah, uh, yeah, solid stiff, jab, solid
0: stiff jab. Yeah. Where, where would you rank Larry Holmes, out of heavyweights?
1: I'm not gonna go through the whole top ten list in order.
0: You don't have to. You don't have to go through your list, but do you rank him in
1: your top ten? He, top fifteen. He, he okay. So, not to say that Larry Holmes could be, let's say, a Deontay Walder, right? I'm mm-hmm. not going to go there. It's possible Walder might knock him out too. Or a Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury might knock out uh, or be, by decision, Larry Holmes. But if we're going to go on accomplishments, because realistically, you can't put Larry Holmes versus Tyson no. Fury. No. But on accomplishments, seven years world champion is phenomenal. Not many has done that. Two has done it better than him. Yeah. Klitschko did ten years. Vladimir Klitschko did ten years, world championship, and Joe which is Lewis crazy. And Joe Lewis did eleven, 11 years, eleven years world yep. championship, and um, so that 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 just means a lot. And guys, Larry Holmes, watch on YouTube, Larry Holmes versus Ken Norton. It was the fight of the year. It was a bomb burner. They were hitting each other with everything they got. It was a bloody fight. You could watch that every day, and if y'all, you y'all don't have get know,
0: bored. if y'all don't know who Ken Norton is, please do your research. This, this, this is a man that fought Ali three times, three times, and arguably won all three of those fights.
1: Yeah. So, Ken Norton was uh, just to put Eddie that, Fudge's that perspective. Eddie Fudge, who's one of the greatest. And one day we're gonna, we're definitely gonna sit down and talk about trainers, yeah. And we're gonna we we rank them. But Eddie Fudge, I think, just to say his name now, ranks in the top ten all time. Right? I wouldn't argue that. I wouldn't argue that. Phenomenal. Had he had uh, Riddick Bowe, and he got tired of Riddick Bowe, couldn't deal with Riddick Bowe no more. He got him into the championship. Well, felt uh, he was getting tired of Riddick Bowe because Riddick Bowe just was not listening. Then Riddick Bowe decided to get a refrigerator into his. Bedroom, that's where you that's where everything went downhill. Basically, he just once he became a champion, he just didn't want to train. You could watch a lot of documentaries with Riddick Bo and Eddie Fudge, and it and they talk about Riddick Bo having a refrigerator in, <laughs> in his bedroom, you know, like let me get a brewski now. And so, that's how he was. He had uh, Ken Norton and he had Joe Frazier amongst yep. many, and he has. He yeah, had Bernard Hopkins. The guy was legendary. Before I keep going, a lot of people wonder at that time, why did Joe Frazier and Ken Norton never fought each other? Very simple.
0: Very simple. Eddie,
1: F- Eddie Fudge had both of them, and they were both best friends. And they just didn't want to fight each other because of that. But, man, that would have been a hell oh of a my fight. Oh, God. That would have been an amazing fight. Both fought Ali. Three times each, and all three, all three times each, was incredible, incredible. incredible. All of them. them. Uh, Now on the Muhammad Ali versus Frazier, I think everyone will agree, Ali won two out of three, which that's what did happen. Yes, yes. With the Ken Norton, Ali won out of two out of three, but many, many will say, Ken Norton won all three, at least two guy was very awkward strong he did that shell yeah thing that Archie Moore used to do and he broke Muhammad Ali's jaw broke his jaw uh kid, that was the first fight right yeah first, first fight, fight he broke, fight, broke, his, jaw. broke yep. his jaw i mean the guy <laughs> the guy was an animal yeah and uh black hercules that's what yeah. they used to call and his son was a tremendous football player for the 49ers at one point, point. i don't know where he went after that i remember he was a 49ers mm-hmm. uh I think it was linemen, uh at that time. It Lyman. Right. Yeah. I
0: had to research that. But,
1: yeah. but uh, incredible show today. The food was amazing. Amazing. The brunch. Must, be, must be nice. Mu- yeah, it was. I told you last minute. You did. You I did. told you last it's, minute. It's I told okay. Mike last minute as well. It would have been nice. But next year, which is a few months away, they're going to do another event. We're going to rent the table. We're going to have all boxingology at full uh, deck. Uh, we're gonna Fact. we're gonna eat. We're gonna have a good time. These places, you know, it's it's uh, it's pretty much like remembering the fighters, uh, thanking them for the the hard work they did, the entertainment that they did, they provided, and you know, because some of these guys, people forget, they get old, um, they broke. Not saying Larry Holmes is broke or Jerry Cooney, because they're very well off. Um, but a lot of times other fighters, the majority of them, they, they don't have money, yeah. and they're broke, and yeah. people forget who they are and what they did, and they are showmen, showmen, and they provided an entertainment for each and every one of us at one point or the other in, in our life, and, uh, you know, they put their their life on the line. You don't know if you're going to be the same, you know, and I could tell you this from me, and I was a fighter, um, I'm not the same. I feel like I suffered some type of brain damage, at one point or another. I mean, there's it's, there's no way to describe it. There's a lot of things that happens to me that I struggle with, and every fighter will struggle with. It's a very emotional uh, part of our life, and we try not to talk about it. I suffered through uh, shoulder problems. Where I have like a uh, a tick. With my shoulder, you will see doing this constantly. Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with either hitting the bags or doing the pad work. Um, My eyes are screwed up. I see double vision sometimes. Um, But I don't regret, you know, my life as a fighter. I loved it. It grounded me. It kept me out of trouble. Kept many out of trouble. And, um, you know, we know know that it's a... the consequences are bad. Yep. But we still don't regret it because we entertained people. We were happy to entertain people, and and uh, we love being around each other. Uh, boxers it's, love it's, around being around each other. Yeah,
0: and you guys love boxing. It's it's what you love. Love boxing. And, and and that's why events like that are so important. Like you said, man. Like just just getting that recognition and that 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 credit. Like even if you weren't a world champion fighter, right? Like. The fact that you you got in the ring like any fighter has my respect right because you got in there you risk your life like you said like and just that alone is a lot like and you go through a lot fighting and like you just said you're never the same never you're the never same. the same and it's stuff that you lose in, when you box that you can't you can't get back and to hear that that recognition that gratitude from people it means the world to some of these fighters so.
1: And what's crazy is because a lot of these guys, they're way past their prime. Mike Tyson, Roy Jones. I mean, I could go on and on. And they want to do exhibitions <laughs> still to this yeah. day. You know, um, I just spoke to Marquis Sosa. Much shout-out for him. He's going to be in the podcast. Marquis Sosa, Uh, I'm going to say, we're not going to argue this now, but I'm going to say he's one of the top five greatest Dominican fighters of all time. Hmm. Uh, Elio Rojas is there. Joan Guzman is there. Guzman. I got Pito Sanchez. I used to spar with him all the time. He had a draw with Manny Pacquiao. He fought um, Marco Antonio Barrera and dropped him, I believe, in the 12th round uh, but lost the decision. Those are two of the, the biggest names that you... <laughs> yeah. And, and Marquis Sosa, I remember him because he fought Tim Little... He fought James Toney, mm-hmm. Michael Nunn, uh, Roy Jones. I mean, you're talking about four of the top guys at that time yeah. and two Hall of Famers, two of the top pound-for-pound pound guys in the history. In the history, yeah. Um, and he said today that James Tony was the best fighter he ever fought, and uh, the yeah. one that hurt him the most was Roy Jones. Uh, he had a good career. He had a great guy. Um I'm not going to talk too much about all the stuff that we talked about because I want to leave that for another time. He's a trainer now in Vegas. He lives out of Vegas. He trains a lot of kids. Um, He had a lot of bad experience with a lot of people from his own country, uh, with management, Uh, you know, like all of us do. We all suffer some type of discomfort with the sport. That's life, yep. But we don't want to leave it Because we just love it We just know that this is part of it We always get You know The raw end You know um, Even after fights are over You know
0: No matter how much Pain And suffering you go through Like These guys can't just leave it alone They can't
1: I have I, to I mean I had a pretty good career Amateur career Didn't have a long Professional career But I, I was just done with boxing I didn't want to do anything with boxing and here i am in a podcast one of the owners of boxingology yep and i just can't leave the gym still sparring i I love i still spar i love to teach i love to be here it's hard to even leave the place you know unfortunately i lost my wife because of this i'm more i was more willing to be here than be home Mm -hmm. and that's the sad truth You know, I'd rather be here than I was being my wife. I lost my my family. Uh, You know, my daughter and I have a tremendous relationship. I'm very close to her. So my ex-wife and I, you know, we've come to a lot of agreements. And she doesn't even question me as a father. I've always been there for my daughter no No, matter what.
0: You're a great father, man.
1: Um, But, yeah. That's uh, to let you know that I did lose a lot in here. Yeah. Um, just doing, doing, uh, the sticks right, the foams, with uh, uh, a lady here. She hit the stick, and the stick accidentally hit my eye, and I caught floaters. Next day, I did sticks with somebody else. They hit the stick, hit me in my opposite eye, caught floaters. You know. So now I see. Now I see a bunch of little fishes going up and down <laughs> the canal. And,
0: and that's and that's just from two. It wasn't even getting
1: punched. not even getting punched in the face. It's, it's it just, was just doing sticks, training. you know, little taps. Uh, so that's how this sport is. But still love the sport. Still love the sport.
0: Yeah, man, it's nothing like boxing, man. Like i i probably I'll probably be sparring until my hands fall off, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. And and again, like I'm, I don't need to be in here. Like, but it, it's it's a certain love. It's a certain love for this. So you know, I I get it. Like, and I not to the degree of you or like anybody else. Like, you see, like Mike Tyson, these guys, Holyfield, these guys are still doing exhibitions and stuff. And I I see why. I see, I see why. Like, it's, it's 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 really not even about the money.
1: And and you know what, Rocky, the movie Rocky, where Apollo when they were watching the Russian. Apollo spoke to Rocky because he asked him, Rocky asked him, maybe it's time to move on. And Apollo looked at him and said, we can't turn this on and off. This is something you can't turn on and off. Yeah. And you know what? Even though that's a movie, it's the, that's truth. Real. That's the, that's the <laughs> truth. That's, the, that's the truth. As much as things go wrong in boxing, you just can't turn off boxing somehow some way it leads you right back. Yeah. yeah, you might not you might leave the gym. You might not want to be training people no more or fighting no more. But you're going to be watching the shows. You're going to be watching.
0: Absolutely. You're going to be
1: reading the books mm-hmm. or the magazines, who's number 1, who's number 2, who's pound for pound or read the stories or speak to a friend on the phone. How's this guy doing? It just doesn't leave you. No. And at worst, you could be sitting there relaxing and memories of your career pop up or little moments of your life sharing it with other guys that you trained with or people you fought with and it just pops up it's once it's there it's there you just can't get rid of it you know but this show was amazing I Bob Duffy does an amazing show. I was looking forward to seeing David Diamante, who's the who's the referee for a lot of fights. He's the guy with the long hair. Uh, I yep. think he's been doing the zone. Am I right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I seen him on the zone.
1: And uh, he was the one of the uh, not announcers, but um, I don't know. He, he did something with the nets. I forgot what it was. He was there for a short time, and now hmm. he's back to the to into boxing. Into boxing. And one of the nicest guys, and I remember him when he started. I have lots of pictures of me and him together. I was hoping to see him there. He's part of Ring A. He's a member. He's helped a lot of the fighters. He gets very emotional with this. He, he he loves to listen to stories. You talk to that guy, he sits down with you. He'll listen to your story. He won't. He, his eyes are glued to you when it comes to boxing. That guy is an avid lover of boxing. I was hoping to see him there. He's probably a little busy traveling around the world, doing announcements, and I'm very proud of him. Um, you know, you,
0: you run into any guys who you, who you had, like, sparring history with? Well, yeah, Julian Jones. Besides, well, Julian Jones is...
1: I was hoping to see Kevin Kelly. Uh, I didn't see Kevin Kelly. There wasn't that many people here, but, they, I mean, it was packed. There was a lot of people. It was to the brim, but there was a lot of more fans or family of the of fighters. And, I mean, all these people showed love to a lot of people. I mean, um, one guy came and approached me and said, yo, man, ah, you have wonderful fights back in the, in the 70s and 80s. And I looked at him, and he was like, you know, those fights were Sugar Ray Leonard. And I was like, Sugar Ray Leonard?
0: He had more drinks than you. He
1: thought I was with Frodo Benitez. For a second, I was like, No, not with Fredo Benitez. Nah, I'm, I came way after that. Yeah, he's way taller than you. Yeah, you, you know. But, <laughs> but, so he wasn't really a boxing uh, uh, historian. He was just someone that remember that time. And with photo Benitez, he's was was much drunk. taller, had he was a drunk. thick mustache, looked like yeah. Magnum PI. Yeah, a lot taller. Know? I don't have that mustache. Nah. I look like Zorro with this.
0: You do. You do. <laughs> so,
1: I'm bald. I he w- had curly hair. I was going to talk to you about he that off, darker, off camera. He was darker. I'm whiter. He had tremendous defense. I was completely offense.
0: You look nothing like Benitez. <laughs> nothing <laughs> like Benitez. Nothing like him. Except nothing that like we him.
1: both were born in Puerto Rico. That that's, was it. That's it. That's about it.
0: That's dope, though. That's dope. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. Um, great time. I'm, great I will time. definitely be at the next one for sure. If I got to sneak in, I'll be
1: there. Everybody was nice. Uh, I met a lot of new people there. We exchanged numbers. Uh, a lot of people that just followed boxing uh, throughout the years. and um, <laughs> not, not for nothing, man. It felt like a mob convention. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would say 90, 90, almost 90 percent of the people looked to me like Italian. A lot of old school guys. I was looking to see if, if Sammy the Bull was going to pop out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, this was like he ain't loaded up. with a talent. Oh, I got to see Vito Antofermo. So, Vito Antofermo was the fighter that fought Marvin Hagler. He's from Brooklyn, New York. Tough, tough, tough guy. Watch his fights. Didn't have the greatest skill. Wasn't blessed with potential or talent. But he trained hard. He was a short little guy for that division. But, man, he'll give you hell. And Vito Interfermo, the first fight was a draw with Marvin Hagler. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many would say that it was a loss. It was a close fight, but it was a loss. But they, tr- they gave it a draw. Marvin Hagler was obsessed and looking to get that second fight in. When he did... He beat up Vito and Tefermo worse than what Arturo Gatti looked at some of the fights. And he was actually the one of the Arturo Gatti guys. I mean, uh, almost identical. You hit him, he bleeds. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, you know, you, you
0: blow on him, he started bleeding. Yeah, yeah.
1: But man, tough, tough guy. You know, I, I was glad. I mean, I saw him today. He looked, he looked great. Was happy. Uh, I took a picture That's with uh, Stan. Stan took a picture with him. And as I took a picture. He he looks at me and says, "Oh, you got the golden gloves in your in your uh, in your neck." I said, "Vito, how many times have you seen me in ring eight? <laughs> I mean, really, we're gonna go through this again. So that's just tells you that boxers forget. I mean, we get we get punch drunk,
0: and we don't mean to do it. Yeah, trauma, brain trauma, Look, man. It's a, it's a brain lot of trauma. it is getting punched in the in the face is, every day. Is, <laughs> every day is not first of all getting punched is not normal. You. Your your brain wasn't meant to take take blows, to, so no. so to do that every day like for years you're gonna come out with something for something years, bad. So
1: you know so uh, good guy and you know then he remembered me and you know we hugged and um, I, I was happy to see him. But uh, Stan first time he went he loves it. Stan is one of the owners of the gym, trainers of the gym. He loved every minute of it. He took a picture of me and every drink I had. Um, and I was on Google looking for different types of drink to order. Every time I gave it to the girl, the girl went to the bartender. And the bartender was like, I never heard of that. And who's ordering these drinks that I got to keep looking through Google to make? Yeah. But we had a wonderful time today. Amazing, 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 amazing. I'm thinking who else I saw there. I saw... Uh, Uh, Sparkle Lee, the the female uh, referee. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll talk about her another time. I love her. Much respect to her. Um, I saw also um, oh man, what's this person's name? Martina Latham. She was the, the head director of the Athletic Commission in New York. She's always in every fight, every event. She's the sweetest lady. She'll give you Every second, if you need to talk to her, uh, wonderful. I, I mean, I can't say anything bad about her. She's wonderful. Um, so much respect for her. Uh, I was looking for a lot of the old guys, too, like Juan Raporte, um, Zab Judah, Paul Malanagi. I mean, I grew up with these guys and the amateurs. Uh, I know Louis Collazo moved to uh, Florida. Um, I was hoping for Lemacheco and uh, Richard Comey. He's from... Uh, I believe it was from Bronx, but yeah. trends out of Brooklyn. They
0: fresh up, fresh off the fight though. But
1: it was a rough fight. It yeah. was a rough fight. They don't wanna be taking pictures and stuff like that. They wanna go home.
0: Yeah, let's 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 get into that. Let's get into that fight, man. That that was uh Saturday night. Um we both we both predicted Loma. Yes. For the win. Um yes. I thought he would have stopped uh Comey. I predicted a stoppage, late stoppage. And he should have stopped him. Um we, I feel like, I feel like he gave him a little mercy, mercy in that fight. What you think?
1: That's questionable, and possibly. I'm gonna lean towards the same thing as you. Okay. I think he he carried him a few rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Definitely. I could tell you, man. Lomachenko has 397 victories in the amateurs. amateurs. One loss. One loss. Two Olympic gold medalists. Ridiculous. Now that one loss was in the Olympics for the third time, which most people thought he won. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a guy that probably went undefeated for almost 400 amateur fights. Wow. Now I did not watch all his fights. I haven't even seen two percent or even one percent of his fights because he was he's Russian. He you know and it's there's, hard. There's I don't no even way, know if there's no way we would see those yeah, fights. I don't even know if we could find these fights. Nah. But by record, I mean that's phenomenal, phenomenal. That's that's and
0: one of the best amateur records I've ever ever. I mean, I know heard.
1: Mark Breland in New York had 110 wins and one loss. Yeah, and that is amazing. That's phenomenal. Uh, you know, so uh, Lamacheco, it just shows you when he went to the pros, he didn't fight guys, you know, no one ever heard of. You know, build up his record the first 15, 20 fights and then, you know, go from there. Nah, he got, he got straight he, to he it. He didn't go the easy way. He went the hard way. He, he got he, straight to it. He went straight to the top guys. I mean, he lost to Orlando Salida Salido. On his first loss. Yep. And he lost to Teofimo Lopez. Most people thought, you know, it was uh controversial. Some people, I mean, I thought Teofimo beat him. I, he definitely beat him. But sure. we, we knew that it was something wrong. I knew there was something wrong. He had problems with his shoulder. Uh, I'm I, I'm not buying the shoulder. I mean, he um, had shoulder surgery right after that. Immediately. I,
0: I know 95% of boxers have shoulder issues.
1: Yeah, but not roll to the cuff like that. And you know, unlike, unlike Pacquiao, and I'm a huge, huge Pacquiao, Pacquiao fan.
0: Pacquiao's shoulder was not hurt. We're not going to do pa- that. But go Pacquiao, ahead.
1: Pacquiao said he hurt his shoulder against mailer right? And he had surgery. Okay. But. He threw a lot of punches, regardless. He did with that bad shoulder. He did. I don't know if it was a drawing or it was a lie. That's up to the bait. I can't say. I don't. I. I. I don't know. Paco like that. I'm not his doctor. I'll,
0: I'll say it. He was. He, it was definitely a lie.
1: You think so? I mean, hundred percent. I don't 100%. know. Hundred percent. But for the for the fight with Lomacheco... he got surgery. Lomacheco did not throw that hand. So
0: well, he he did late, very, very, late in very. the fight, but I. I think he was gun-shy those first six rounds due to Teofimo's size, his speed, his power, his explosiveness, his movement. I think that played a big part. Like, he was trying to figure him out. Um, well,
1: I don't know about size because Lomachico fought a lot of tall guys. This guy, Lomichico is 5'7". Mm-hmm. Teofimo, and I saw him recently, he was just a little bit taller than me.
0: Yeah, but during that fight, like, just just... Body mass, like that's that's what I'm talking about. Cause Lomachenko's
1: really he what he started, one one twenty six? I believe so, but but Lomachenko was right there. He was he he wasn't really getting hit hard. It was also I, I think also they were both respecting each other. Yes, yes. Uh you know, Theo yep. usually goes out for the kill. You know, Lomo's hard to knock out ain't no I don't see anybody knocking him out like that. Um but Lomo looked good. Yeah, he, he doesn't get hit much. Oh, he, he was looked real good. really good against yeah. Richard Comey. Uh, Much respect for that fight. I mean, Comey did everything he could. I think he hurt Loma, I think, a little bit. But Loma is is so relaxed, poised. I mean, for a lot of people that watch boxing or coming up, you have to watch. I mean, the fact that he took so many amateur fights, I don't recommend you to take almost 400 amateur fights because it's – Unheard of. That's But if you could get 50 to 60 amateur fights and then turn pro, yeah. A lot of guys want to turn pro after five amateur fights. And the honest yeah. truth is you're going to get ko That's not how it works. Down the line. That's not how it that <laughs> <That's> works. <not laughs> you're not going to make big money fighting a few little amateur fights, even if you win all five by knockouts. That's right. not how that goes.
0: Because L- Lomachenko was basically a, a pro. He was a pro. He was basically a pro.
1: Yep. A, an extended amateur.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so him coming, him coming in, fighting for titles, his first first couple of fights, like it was nothing yeah, for him. And
1: he beat a guy named Ga- uh, Gary Russell Jr. Beast,
0: right,
1: who's a beast. And you see him now, I think Gary Russell Jr. beat Santa Cruz, right? Yes, and that's a no, 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 uh, no. Uh, a,
0: what's, uh, uh, what's
1: uh Jojo?
0: Not not yes, he beat Jojo Diaz. Jojo Diaz. He beat Jojo Diaz. Yes,
1: you know, uh, that, that just shows you where this guy is at fastest hands in boxing. Fastest hands in boxing and he fought that guy. Uh I mean he fought you know, I give him a lot of a lot more credit because when he fought Rigudo, when Rigudo was undefeated, he didn't really want to take credit. He he literally said to the people, to the audience and the fans and the and the and the and the announcer, hey, I beat a small guy. I fought him because they matched me up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't
1: really count that much. He didn't really want to
0: hit him. That and that's that's rare, man. Like, and, and shout out to Lomachego, man. Like that. <laughs> That is rare from a fighter, right? Like, just to have that kind of respect and be, to be a man. <laughs> let's a lot of let's guys call it what it is. It. A
1: lot of guys are not going to do that. Let's call it
0: what it is, man. Like, and, yeah, R- Riggondale was two-way classes under him, and he beat him. He could have punished Riggondale, and he showed him that respect. And even after the fight, he didn't say, oh, yeah, I, I dominate this guy. This is the best guy you guys got? Nah. Yeah, yeah I'm supposed to beat him. He's, yeah. he's smaller
1: than me. And, and Bob Arum... Happy 90th birthday, you bastard. <laughs> um, he, he just doesn't promote these guys. He doesn't... I mean, Lomacheco, does, he doesn't push this guy. I mean, you know how many people told me Lomacheco's fighting tomorrow? Like, you're telling no me... One, no, one, no one... Terrence Crawford was in your, in, your, in your stable. You don't push him. You don't push a lot of dudes. You got know. two
0: You got two of the best fighters in the world. Two, and they were the pound for two pound. Two of the best. Like, Weren't
1: they both pound both for pound? Both pound for
0: pound. And you could... One and two, either one of them, however you wanted it, for the past five years. And you they're not the most popular fighters in boxing.
1: And one was white, one was black. So yes. that shows you what this guy doesn't really care. Don't matter. It's not about racism. It's about he doesn't care. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a shame because...
0: Is, is Tyson Fury t- top rank?
1: Uh, I think he signed for one fight or two fights. Okay. I don't know about now. I don't know if the next fight. I think he's go, he goes day by day. But he did sign a $100 million contract, didn't he, with uh, Top Rank?
0: I think I think he's signed to Top Rank right now. I, I think he is. Well, I, I'll look into that a little further, but I, thing, I think he is. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad, man. <laughs> you, you've got some of the top fighters under your banner. And he's
1: got to be careful with Tyson Fury. He'll call, call them all sorts of names, yeah. and he'll probably throw the microphone in his yeah, face. They,
0: they seem to be – he sang Happy Birthday to him at the uh, – yeah.
1: I mean, I would have sing Happy Birthday. <laughs> I wouldn't, I mean, Terrence Crawford wouldn't sing happy birthday oh, to him. Ha- hell no. Was surely not going to sing hell happy no. birthday to him. Tern- Some of these guys can't stand him. Yeah. Let's put Mayweather and De La Hoya out there. They sing, yeah. Would they sing happy birthday? Yeah, no. They
0: b- well, which was this, and this threw me off completely. Um, they did like a video montage of fighters like saying happy birthday to Bob. And we get towards the end of it, and who comes up? De- Oscar De La Hoya. Happy birthday, Bob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man was Mayweather in there?
0: May- Mayweather was not in there he was not but you know you know, that's boxing politics you know and you know Oscar made it he made it out of Bob Arum and he he's done great things like with Golden Boy so I, I'm sure he's not bitter about that anymore
1: yeah, I, I, pu- probably I, I understand I understand and, I don't, and I'm not gonna criticize Oscar because he started his career with Bob Arum yeah and uh, Bob made him a lot of money and promoted him very good. I mean, Bob is 90 years old now. When he had De La Jolla, I think he was in his 60s or late 60s. 70s, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I could understand that, uh, you know, it's hard to keep up the momentum. And, um, you know, he probably saw Oscar could speak Spanish and English. You know, so he, he it, it was easy to promote. He was a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he bumped heads uh, with Floyd Mayweather's family all the time. Yeah, um, Floyd Floyd
0: bought his contract out, right? He
1: bought his contract out. Yeah, he bought his contract out. Um, but if Floyd would have fought his last fight with Bob Arum, and hypothetically it would have won the decision with anybody, Floyd would have suffered a loss. Yeah, they would have robbed him. Mark my words, because Oscar did, and so did Manny Pacquiao. Yep. You know. Yep, this and, is facts. Uh, he just doesn't care. And, I, and if I do more research, I bet you there's a whole bunch of guys in their last fight. suffer for losses through Bob Arum. Yeah. So happy birthday, bastard.
0: <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, shout out to Bob Arum. Um, you know,
1: I, I took on another event. I saw Bob Arum. And I got a picture of Bob Arum. And I approached him. I said, hey, Bob, we we talked regular crap. And uh, I said, hey, can we take a picture? He said, sure. So I got next to Bob. (laughs) Funny thing is, Terrence Crawford was the one that took the picture. I gave Terrence Crawford the picture because I took a picture with Terrence Crawford right after After that. that. And I have it on my social media page. Um, So Terrence (laughs) grabbed the picture. I didn't know until just recently, right? I remember that Terrence Crawford said, don't do it. And I put my arm around Bob Arum. And Bob Arum told me, take your arm off of me. (laughs) Honest truth, honest truth, he said, take your arm off of me. I don't take pictures with people putting their arm around me. Mm. And as that happened, I'm still frozen because I'm kind of like angry and upset and trying to process everything Bob Arum just did and told me. I was almost humiliated. And then you got this guy that's a world champion. At that time, he beat Gambo, uh, 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 Gamboa. Gamboa, uh, Gamboa. Gamboa. Yep. Gamboa, right? Uh, Yulikas Gamboa. And he was hot. He was hot, hot, hot in boxing so right now. So
0: Terrence Crawford is telling you. Don't, don't, do, put, it. don't, put your don't arm, do it. don't do it. Don't do it. But say, you don't know what he's saying.
1: I wasn't sure what he was saying. He just said don't do it. But I put my arm around him, and he had a smirk in his face. Bob Arum.
0: He knew it was going to happen. Tonight. He
1: had his hands in his pocket, like in the picture, because I have the picture,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm going to post it soon. Well, actually, I did post it, I think. His hands in his pocket, and he tells me, Can you get your arm off of me. I don't take pictures with people with their arm around me. I wanted to slap the guy on the face. Probably
0: would have died, but.
1: I mean, I was going to use him as a piñata. I was, I was just so angry he took, this guy took about two, three pitches. Everybody takes two, three pictures just to make sure if one is not good, the other. But if you look at the pictures, I'm like.
0: You pissed off. I'm
1: pissed off. You pissed off. I'm angry. It looked like Mike Tyson for a second, you know. And I, I just, from that moment, I couldn't stomach him.
0: Well, I'm glad you didn't uh, put your hands on him because you probably wouldn't be here right now because he's very old and. Yeah. We don't know.
1: He would have sued me for the podcast. Yeah,
0: he. I don't know if he would even survive it. But um, 90 years old, man. You think it's time for him to get out of boxing? Is is he a dinosaur? Is is is, is Bob Arum a dinosaur? I mean, Don right King,
1: now? I think got to a point that he was tired. Uh, I mean, look. But Don, everybody does. Some, everybody does their their. I, I'm sure Bob loves this because he wasn't going to be in this if he didn't love it, right? He loves the money, and yes. obviously, if you love the money. You also have to love the sport. But and I think this guy loves the sport because he sits down. There's also
0: a time where you got to know where it's time to hang it up. Like, Don King, he, he went past his time.
1: Yeah. A lot of guys ushered in through Don King, like uh, Sam Watson mm-hmm. and uh, Al Haim and, and all these guys, right? Ushered in through Don King. Yeah. Bob Arum can still play a part in boxing, but he can let somebody else run the show. He doesn't have to be the face of boxing. He does a lot of shady deals, you know, a lot of things that people wonder. I mean, uh, Terence Crawford, oh, we can't sell his things. But you yeah, know what? The guy's like so talented. You you talk to the other companies, you make something happen with another name. He was supposed to fight Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao could fight a regular dude, and I guarantee you, he's gonna sell more than anybody imagines. He has a whole country. Pacquiao's fans, yeah. Not only does he have a whole country, anyone in the world, everyone in the world knows who Manny Pacquiao is. Everyone in the United States has a boxing fan knows who Manny Pacquiao is. My mother, who doesn't follow boxing, goes uh, a few months ago, like, oh, Manny Pacquiao's running for president. (laughs) She she doesn't even watch his fights.
0: He's got two countries. He's got two countries behind him.
1: People know who And then I'm sure uh, England and London and... France and South Africa. These people, every everyone knows and Manny Pacquiao.
0: Mexican boxing fans have a great respect for Pacquiao.
1: The whole country knows Manny Pacquiao. I think he fought three or four of the greatest he's, fighters he, of all time.
0: He's got, he's got boxing. He's got boxing. fought
1: Oscar De La Hoya, Eric Morales three times, Barrera, Barrera two times, Marquez four times. My goodness! And then he fought all the other guys in between, David Diaz and other guys. There were Mexicans. Yep. Uh, Margarito. Oh, Cotto was Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Yeah, I'm just naming fighters. Margarito who's Mexican. That's a lot of Mexicans, man. This guy beat, you know. you telling me, and Mexican fans appreciate that, but they, they appreciate know who him. Manny Pacquiao is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they know who uh, Triple G is when yeah. he fought Canelo. They definitely know who Manny Pacquiao is. Yeah. So, you're telling me you can't you can't sign the Manny Pacquiao-Crawford fight? That's because he didn't want to give Manny Pacquiao the money. He didn't want to do $20 it. $20 million. Dollars Uh, To give, and even Crawford didn't have a problem with that. Crawford never had a problem with being second fiddle.
0: He just wanted to fight.
1: He didn't mind being coming in second. He didn't mind Manny Pacquiao making the more money. He didn't mind if Pacquiao wanted a bigger ring or what gloves or where to fight. It's Manny Pacquiao. He earned it. Like Floyd Mayweather earned it. If they wanted to fight anywhere, they could fight anywhere. And these guys don't mind, you know, being ready to get the torch to pass. You know, pass the torch, but Raram, being the bastard he is,
0: yeah, yeah. He, I, I think, I think he had a big part in Floyd and Pacquiao not fighting for a long time. I think the Arrow Spence Crawford fight hasn't happened mainly because of him. I think a lot of, a lot of these big fights, yeah, is
1: it's f- <laughs> it's when he wants it, when I want it, I want to do it this yeah. way. I have to get a certain amount of money, you know. Oh man. Yeah, This dude, I'm sick of him already. Yeah, he has, I, I have to say, though, he does have a uh, a whole lineup of young guys.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Does he know his stuff? Yes. He's been in this business for a long time. He'll do a better job than I would as a promoter. The guy knows how to promote. Even Leonard Ellaby recently was quoted saying, Bob Arum is a great promoter, been here for 50 years, whatever. But, you know, there's some fights that just... Like you wonder, like how come we can't see this? Yeah. Even I mean, what, Don King never gave us that problem. Don King made every fight happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had Trinidad. He made he made fights happen. Yeah. He 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 made sure one thing about Don King. Anybody that went with him, they got paid more. They were promoted higher. Whether he robbed them or not, that's another debate. Not for debate. But he made those fights happen. You know, with other promotions. Mm-hmm. You know, don't know how he did it, but he
0: did it. Listen, Top Ring puts on good cards, man. Like that the the card yesterday, I watched the the four preliminary fights before the main event and I was entertained. I, I've never for, it's been a while since I've watched the card and I watched the previous four fights. Usually it's the, the fight before, maybe two fights before the main event. But I watched four fights before and I was entertained before the main yes. event even came on. A tremendous, so great group job of, with that card
1: of gro- of young guys, yep. and uh, if they groomed correctly, you're looking at. I mean, of course, Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, love, I mean, Lomachenko really doesn't care, but he's doing good with him. He has a whole bunch of guys. He has Josue Vargas. Yep. He has Balanga. Yep. Oh, phew, man, he's got
0: a heavyweight guy that fought uh yes on Saturday too. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but uh, Town tal- Townsy Kid,
1: Townsy Kid. Um. He's loaded. He's yeah, loaded with yeah. a lot of guys, a lot of guys. A lot of young
0: guys, a lot of young guys. But um, to close out on Lomachenko, um, I think the world forgot who he was. <laughs> um, and everybody's putting the respect back on his name now. But um, I, don't, I don't know why people even thought he was anything other than what he was. But um, he showed them Saturday.
1: I know a few podcasts that actually had Lomachenko. Not even in the top 10 of that division. That's ridiculous. I, I'm going to start calling out these guys very soon because who is, uh, who is better than Lamacheko to not even put him in the top 10 of his division? Like, yeah, you might put one or two, three guys ahead of him, but to not have him in that division, the top 10, I mean. That's, like, that on. sounds like
0: hating to me. That May, sounds like you're hating on him.
1: Major them. hate. and um, Or oh, you don't know boxing. They, don't, they, ha- they can't know boxing. They can't is, know is, one or, is one or two. I'm Puerto Rican, and, when, and I'm a big Puerto Rican supporter, and I support all my fighters in Puerto Rico. But when Felix Trinidad fought Bernard Hopkins at Master Square Garden, I was there for that fight, I really, really thought Bernard Hopkins was going to win. And it wasn't that I was going for the black guy and not going for my country.
0: You just know boxing.
1: It's just like I just felt in my heart this guy was a bigger guy, stronger guy. I mean... It was just too much to to deal with. And if I was to bet one or the other, I was going to bet Bernard Hopkins, which I, bet, I won $500 at that time, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, to, no, no, 2001, no, no. 2001,
0: 2001, 2001. 2001. It was around
1: um, 9-11 time. 9-11. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's just some of these people that do podcasts, and we're going we're gonna to have to have a conversation about podcasts. We we can because have that conversation. A lot of guys I call any day, any out. day. I want to call out some of these guys that on their podcast always use the racist remark when there's no racism involved in some of these things, and they always always put certain fighters down, and they want to kiss some people's behinds because they're from certain promotions, or they want an autograph or a free watch or maybe a ride around the world when they're playing, but. Like like we talked
0: about before, man, and and that's that's uh, boxing politics again, and I, I say that a lot, but the media plays such a huge part in that, and and I know we spoke about the fairness in boxing, right, and the fact that these fighters are putting their life on the line, right, and you got the nerve to have a bias, <laughs> bias commentary, like to to deliberately put down another guy. When you know. For ratings. Just for ratings. Like, these people out here risking their life. <laughs> like, these are fighters, man. Like, give them their credit. Be fair. Like, biased media, I, I think it's, it's, time, it's time for that to die, die down now, man. Like, yeah, that, that they, old as, media has got to go.
1: Especially when they say, hi, uh, this guy fought this bomb. But, you know, if you really think about it, man, it's hard to call anyone a bum the worst fighters in the world are not bums you don't know what they got to go through to every day they got to train hard every day some people not naturally blessed with talent and skill and they you know they broke and and they need money fast so they do the best they can training they don't have the money to pay for a higher trainer or a top trainer so they have to have a regular dude that's willing to go in there with him right and they're learning very minimal, but they're busting their behind. They're running hard. They're what they got. They're doing whatever they can, and they spar guys, and they're not learning anything. They're just getting punched in the face, right? And they're just doing everything they can because they need that buck. You know, a lot of, the majority of these people don't make that much money. There's 16,000 professional boxers in the world under 1% on making a million dollars or more. I mean.
0: I'm going to say this, man.
1: You gotta pay. You gotta pay. If you make if if I made a million dollars, thirty three percent is going to the tr- to the to manager. Ten percent goes to your trainer. Yep. You gotta give some percentage to your cut man. Yep. You gotta pay IRS. Yep. Most of these guys you gotta pay taxes. Years down the road, IRS gets them because they don't pay IRS.
0: If you fall for a title, you gotta pay the you gotta pay the, the, sanctioning, uh, the fees. sanctioning
1: fees. Some of them are thousands of dollars. Um. A million dollars. Sparring partners are not going to get punched in the face for free. If you're, in a high, if you're in a high level, if you're a top three, top four, top five, we'll maybe win the belt, ain't nobody going to spar for you for yeah. free.
0: You, you, you probably got a strength and conditioning coach you, gotta you got to pay. You got a chef. You got maybe, a nutritionist. Maybe a nutritionist. So a million dollar purse is not a million dollars. No. It's not a million dollars.
1: After it's all said and done, that million dollar gets down to, cut down to about, Close to two hundred thousand dollars, maybe less maybe less you know uh a lot of these guys don't have the clothing you know the suits or shirts tie whatever they're gonna wear for the ring right their attire they gotta pay for that too a lot of these guys don't have sponsors um they gotta pay gym dues even even after that so
0: and and think about this right we're saying a million dollars right everybody ain't a lot of fighters ain't touching a million dollars. A lot of fighters ain't touching five hundred thousand. dollars under one percent. Under one percent. Even one hundred thousand, right? So you think about that, right? You think about a guy who still has to pay all of those fees and he's only getting three hundred thousand
1: purse. Yeah. It's great it's Nothing for thirty six minutes, right? If you're if it's for a title. But if you start breaking it down, yeah, you're gonna make a lot of money because there's guys that are not that good that, that can make $1,000 for, for a four-rounder, right? That's $250 a round. That's not bad. Not bad. 250 for three minutes. But then, like I said, you break it down. Now, there, for those guys that are not that good, that are making $1,000, they really don't have a manager, but they have somebody that probably put them into that fight, right? Because these guys got a lot of losses, so they need to fight. So they, so they gotta get, they gotta pay something. So let's just say two hundred dollars they give, yep. just to get into the show. You yep. gotta pay the trainer ten percent. You know, a lot of the sparring partners are there. and they, They're hoping you because you're not that good. But then you have, you gotta pay a cut man. Some of these guys don't even have a cut man because they can't afford a cut Can man. Can't afford it. You know, then you gotta, you still gotta pay IRS. You know.
0: So it's, it's, just it's not a it's, it's, it's rough, man. And and to circle back, like, again, these fighters go through a lot. They <laughs> they go through a lot and they ain't getting much. They ain't getting much for going through it. So like the least you can do is be fair with your commentary. Like if, if you if you bias and, and, and a lot of these guys, man, have never even put on a pair of gloves in
1: their life. And and, and more importantly, for a lot of guys that are amateurs going pro. Mm-hmm. It's very important to be educated financially. Oh yeah. Take a course one one economics.
0: Yeah. Um don't get robbed. Don't get robbed by your accountant. Don't get you you gotta know your business. You gotta learn your you business. You gotta know your business. That's 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 most important. Most of these boxes, you like you touched on it, right? Like a lot of these guys are broke now. A lot of these guys don't have anything.
1: Learn to invest. Fernando Vargas lost a lot of his money through his brother-in-law. Felix Trinidad doesn't have a lot of money, you know. A lot of these guys are broke. Where the hell did the money go? Yeah. Millions of dollars they fight, but they broke. Yeah,
0: you don't, you don't want to lose your health and your money, you know. That's. <laughs> yeah, you have no
1: health insurance, you know. So the best thing to do is you have to find, I mean, if you have a family... You gotta find an insurance that will benefit you, that could leave if something God forbid happens to you, uh-huh. leave money behind yeah. where they are secure for life. If you have enough money that you made, that you could play around with, I would just work on my casket or my departure from this world, just so you don't leave that to your family. To your family, so they're right. To pay Get for that it. out yep. the way. Yep. Right? I, I you know, People don't think of, you know, what happens if I die. Don't leave it to your family and friends to do that for you. Prepare for it. Prepare for it. If you have the money, prepare for it. Because it can happen any day it in the hap- sport. It can happen any day. You know? Leave, leave things, you know, secure. Get yourself. A lot of these guys are, are illiterate. A lot yeah. of these guys been incarcerated. Yeah. A lot of these guys haven't went to high school. They know very little how to read how to write. I, I know lots of guys in boxing, a lot of famous guys in boxing. not going to really mention their names. I'm not going to put them out there because that's a sensitive subject. Yeah. But, I'll tell you, there's a lot of guys that you see on TV and they speak gibberish. They're not educated. You know, sometimes people say things and that's all they know how to say, but if you really listen to them, it's like they're not educated. Um, it's okay to talk garbage and you know, talk smack. But some of them are not even intelligent doing that. Um, you have to you have to put education is the most important thing, man. And this is a poor man's sport. So most of the people that are not college graduates, uh you didn't win a uh a, a lotto, the mm-hmm. Powerball. Yep. Or family member didn't leave you their inheritance their inheritance um you're pretty much broke most of the time guys need fast money they're angry uh they come from abuse family some of these guys been molested I I guarantee you hundreds of them they just don't say it yeah or been through that's a fact through major problems physical problems abuse hunger I mean, you look at all these world champions: Carlos Manson, Roberto Duran, different countries. They were starving. They were poor. They yeah. were they were in poverty. P- poverty is different. Mike over Tyson, there. Yeah. poverty. You know, in prison and juvenile delinquent. You know, until they met Customato. Um It's
0: a poor man's sport. A lot of
1: guys, Ricardo Mayorga, all these guys, are different countries, they poor, and they came out. They came out because of their fists and in a way became geniuses with a tremendous high IQ for boxing. Um nobody else can do that. You're not gonna have a rich man do that. You're not gonna have a doctor or a lawyer do that. Nope. Um the hunger that hunger ain't there. You know, there's no hunger there. They're not they haven't been through adversity like these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, problems. And these guys gone through thick and thin Hell mm-hmm. and beyond, and they wanna and they wanna survive and and they willing to do whatever it takes with their body, so it's almost like a prostitution, very similar um prostitutes they have a pimp, and so fighters have a pimp yep. their pimp is their promoter yep. and they put them they fight fights anywhere right- mm-hmm. right, and same thing with a pimp, they find their clientele there's no health insurance or life insurance as a prostitute or as a fighter. Once you're abused and used, they don't keep you. They don't keep you. They're not going to keep someone that's a prostitute that's Mm -mm. wrinkled up, old and dirty. No. They're going to find someone else. Toss you to the side. Same thing where every fighter in the history of boxing, you could be as good as can be. You get a certain age, you're beat up, you can't speak well, they got no use for you. They'll throw you right in the side like everybody else, and then there's organizations like Ring eight and um other organizations out there that take care of boxers because they understand and they feel their pain and they're there to help them so very similar boxing's been around for very long time forever prostitution's been around forever, forever. as well yep um you don't have to be skillful or talented or educated as a prostitute And in boxing, the same thing. And you develop that on your trade and both. Um, And they both go through a lot of psychological damage. So anyone that's looking to get into the sport, do the research. Make sure you have the proper people in your team. Please understand that you need to know your numbers. They'll rob you. They'll yep. steal you, your money. They'll guide you wrong. You got to have the right people. And even then, I would say trust no one. Even the people that you trust still have doubt. Always put doubt that they're going to steal your money. Because yep. this is the type of sport people. Check everybody. They'll steal your money. You got to be on top of everybody and each and everything. Mm-hmm. And this is this is your life. Yeah. You're putting your life on the line. You're not gonna be the same fighter, the same person, three years down the line. Just sparring alone could take years of your time. The, the same things that we do in the ring, getting punched in the head and in the body. People that are smoking heavily, down the line, they lose, they get cancer. They, yep. uh, uh You know, they get old, they, they they deteriorate. Boxing is the same. Same way. You know, we get beat up bad, we hurt, we're in pain. We feel pain. I get a lot of pain in my hands. I have arthritis in my hands. My fingers, every day, they hurt. Every time I put those pads and people hit, I'm in pain. I want to cry. My shoulder's in a lot of pain. I need surgery for things. Uh, everyone that does... A lot of people don't like even doing pads. Yeah. So and, and we push. I push every day because it's my business. This is my job. This is my passion. If I don't do it, I don't want people to leave the gym and go to another gym. But any gym you go to, every trainer is in a lot of pain. Every trainer is in a lot of pain. And they're suffering a lot. And they're very underappreciated sometimes, too. Yeah. Don't matter the gym you go to. And then there's other gyms that there's people that go to and they definitely don't get what they want or they, they ask for. They want someone to teach them how to do this with the jab or with the right hand or defense, or they don't do enough pad work for me, or they left me in the mirror for a while, I understand their concern. Uh, Absolutely. No one wants to pay for a service and just be shitted on. Yep. But, you know, at the same time, a lot of these guys, um, they've been through numerous disappointments in their life. So they meet a kid lots of times, and the kid has a lot of potential sparring, moving, reminds them of someone special. And so they see now, wow, I could teach this kid. I could really, you know, mentor him and and, and, and make him into something special. And then the kid leaves for baseball or basketball or moves to another place or as the parents say, no, nah, enough is enough. Um, or they just don't respond and they just disappear. So a lot of the guys, the times these guys that, They're heartbroken. And all those old trainers that you see, that they really not work with you. It's not that they're not knowledgeable. They're very knowledgeable. They just beat up in life. In life. Physically, they took a lot of beatings.
0: That's the other side to it. And then
1: mentally and emotionally, they attach to kids or people that they feel that they might have a chance to be something in boxing. And and they putting all their they all in it and then they get discouraged each and every day. Emmanuel Stewart told me once, he said, I was telling him, career's over, I wanna be a trainer, I wanna you know what do you think? You know, I wanna create some champions. I had this this dream. He said, You're gonna meet a thousand fighters. You're gonna train a thousand. And out of that one thousand, you're gonna meet one. That's going to shine over everybody. I was like, wow. That can't be. You trained all these freaking guys. You know, Angelo Dundee trained all these other guys. Freddie Roach. I'm, and then you look at it, and it is true. These yeah. guys have been there for many years, and they've trained hundreds of people a month. And not everybody's a champ. You know? And now, yeah, if you get one guy, and you train him, and they become great, like Manny Pacquiao and Freddie Roach. Then you get other guys coming in, like Amir Khan came in and other guys come right. in. Because now they see, wow, he took this guy, he made him a champ from from scrap. So, he, you know, other people could do it, you know, right? But that doesn't really, that's not the case all the time. Freddie Roach could probably train me and i probably not understand yeah. him. Or he'd probably not like. Might not like training yeah. me. It's it's the perfect marriage. It has to be the perfect marriage. You know, Mayweather with his uncle was great. Mm-hmm. Pacquiao with his trainer was phenomenal. Mm-hmm.
0: Clitko and Emmanuel Stewart.
1: Perfect. And uh, you know, Mike Tyson couldn't do it unless he had Mike uh Customato Custom or Teddy Atlas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh yeah, this is this is rough and tough sport. And let me tell you, people will cheer for you. They'll, they'll throw money money at you your way, TV deals, all sorts of stuff. They'll promise you everything they can. You're going to have women, if you're a fighter, male fighter, yep. you're going to have a lot of women yep. come out of nowhere. Women that never liked you before I'll approach you and say, hey, I'm going to go on a date, and that's, the biggest downfall for guys anyway, yeah. is the women.
0: And that's all that's the highlight. Cause when you're down, when you're losing, when you beat up, when you broke down, when you got no more money left, ain't nobody gonna be there. Out the door. And and we call this the hurt business, but it ain't it ain't just about in the ring. You know, that's that's just one part of the hurt. There's everything that, that, that you just said, that's 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 the hurt business right there.
1: Yeah, very hurt business. A lot of these guys that I know, man, world champions, they're gonna tell you their story in the next few months. It's gonna be a lot of guys, a lot of world champion guys coming into this podcast, yep. and they're gonna tell you their story, and you know you gotta have napkins ready because some of these stories are very sad, and it's the honest truth ugly, very ugly, yeah, and uh you know. And b- before
0: we close, I wanna I wanna touch on this for any any of these young guys. Any of you guys get into the, the Boston game, and as far as like financially, right? We're in the information age. There's nothing that you can't look up. There's nothing that you can't learn yourself on the internet. The internet is accessible to everybody. So stop letting these guys take your money. Stop letting these people take advantage of you. Yeah, we might we might not have the schooling, or your parents might not have told you certain things, but you can find it out. So, YouTube, Google, do whatever you got to do. But there's nothing, nothing out there that you can't learn on your own. So,
1: and I and I heard this from other people. If you had a, um, well, the great Arturo Gotti told me this once, uh, and someone told him, um. If you have a fifth grade math education, you could pretty much financially take care of yourself. If you know the plus and minus and division and multiplication. Yep. Yeah,
0: that's all you need. That's all you need. All that other stuff. I haven't used it. <laughs>
1: yeah. We're not doing X to the five. No. Things like that. No. To the 10th power. No. You just got to watch your money, you know, uh... A lot of people have checkbooks and they don't even balance their checks. That's another. People don't even know what that is. Don't even know nowadays. what the heck that is. And they'll spend more. They'll buy things. It's another thing. Fighters always buy things. Buy, 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 buy. Without knowing if you have enough in the bank. Or yeah. or before you pay, before you buy that, ask yourself, do you need it? Or do you just want right. it? Because if you need it. I understand if you need it, if it's going to help you create more money, right? So, like, if I'm a fighter and I need um, some sweatpants and maybe some brand-new sneakers, I need that to to better my gym. Maybe I need certain foods. But if I'm going to buy, let's say, uh, PS5, I don't need that, you know? And do I have it? If I want it, yeah, you're you're entitled to buying certain things too. But do you need a PS Five and do you need the Xbox One? The,
0: you know, yeah, you may need you may need a pair of boxing shoes, but you don't you don't need the new pair of Jordans that just just dropped.
1: No, you don't need you. You have to manage what you have, manage your income, and and be aware you don't have that much and you want to go to the next day in case you need an emergency if there's an emergency you need to have at least at least $1000 in the bank account it's not a lot of money but for many is is a lot yeah and most I go, people I go to the bank all the
0: time most people don't have that
1: I go to the bank all the time and I see different banks different days different hours always see the 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 receipt right I pick it up. Just can't help because I want to look at the, what's in there. And they leave it there, right? They get the print out. They leave it there. I don't know why, but I pick it up. There's always a zero or hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, fifty something dollars. The majority of the time, people don't have that much money in their bank. You know? No. So it's just,
0: no. Listen, you on your you on your own out here. You on your own when you step in the ring. It's just you in there. And when you're taking care of your business, you gotta know what you gotta. You cannot depend on anybody to watch your money solely. You you need to be. You can have an accountant, which is fine, but you gotta have what what Jay Z said: an accountant for the accountant. I don't even know if Jay Z said that. But Something like that. <laughs> but but you gotta you gotta be you gotta be able to take care of your business. So definitely read up, do whatever research you gotta do, but be aware. That's that's the the biggest thing. Um, be aware. Know what you're doing. Be very careful what you're spending. Just be smart.
1: And to change the subject, because we're almost done, we did, they, uh, Stan and I went to another uh, um, dinner the other day yes, on the Thursday. One, the awards. Yep. The BWAA Awards, uh, which was incredible. Ofimo Lopez got an
0: award. Where, where was that at? That was in the city, right?
1: That was in uh, the Edison... Ballroom, the Edison Hotel Ballroom in Manhattan. I believe it was 47th Street. And the uh, location was beautiful. We used to be at the Copacabana years ago. Now we're in a different location. Very nice, high class. Um, the awards were gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, the won an award. Uh, you know, we had COVID, so they kind of like merged last year and this year. Uh, oh, last year and the year before that. Yeah. So I understood. Uh he got a beautiful award. Um oh. his father was in and out of the bathroom I don't know how many times. I kept seeing him pass right by me <laughs> in and out of the bathroom, not saying anything specifically, just saying he was in and out of the bathroom, super hyper. Uh, he's
0: had a weak he's got a weak bladder. <laughs>
1: I've never seen anything like it. I mean, this guy was. Tell me when the bathroom came out. He was even happier than, 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 the, than the moment he was there before.
0: Hey man, the man likes using the bathroom. Uh, know.
1: the film were very nice. I Spoke to him, and then um, saw Aaron Barkley, uh, Jerry Cooney, wonderful guy. Uh, we saw um, St- uh, Stephen Fulton. Who just beat uh, Figueroa. Figueroa, yep, yep. Uh, 122 pounds, I believe. Yep. Phenomenal Philadelphia yep. fighter. out to him. Philly. Philly fighter. Phenomenal. I have a piece of artifact that he wants. Uh, Joe Frazier. We're going to work on that. Hoping to get him in the podcast in the next few weeks. Good guy. Very funny.
0: Hell of a fighter.
1: Very friendly. Hell, hell of a fighter. A lot of potential. Um, look out for him, Stephen Fulton, you know, very good fighter, uh, we had also Joshua, uh, Zachary uh, Ochoa, uh, also very good fighter, Puerto Rican fighter, nice guy, complained about uh, something I, and the auction that I was, I was bidding, and I had to, you know, let go of it, he won it, and I got it, I got another one today, uh, good guy, we have uh Whew, who else was there? Um, man, it was there was a lot of people there. I just can't remember. Usually we have Bernard Hopkins, Andre Ward in those events, Terence Crawford, Lomacheco. Uh But you know it's time of year. Christmas is coming. Yeah. A lot of people are busy. A lot of shows are happening. Um, so it was good. I saw Tony Page. Tony Page, the, the sports writer mm-hmm. and radio announcer. Great guy. Great, great guy. I mean, it, uh, I want to apologize to him first. Uh, he took a picture. I didn't know he took his hand out. And I turned and I kept walking. My partner, Stan, was like, uh, left the guy with the hand like this. <laughs> you know, no, numerous guys. So, I, I mean, I didn't see it, but he said that, so I want to apologize. <coughs>
0: a little too much drink?
1: A little, little, uh, I didn't even I didn't drink anything there.
0: Wow. You know,
1: Um
0: you were just you were just doing them dirty.
1: Yeah, I was doing doing them dirty. <laughs> uh, who else was there? Edgar Berlanga, up and coming star. Yep. Was yep. there. Um anybody anybody missing here?
0: I think didn't you take a picture with uh uh Leonard Ellaby was there, right?
1: Leonard Ellaby was there. Yep. Yeah, yep. very nice guy. He was the first person I saw. I thought he was gonna vacuum vacuum <laughs> me with those nostrils. Um <coughs> Shout out shout
0: out to Leonard LB man. Um I know I know we uh well, let me not even say we. Um you know, you had a lot of jokes about his nostrils, but
1: um I'm looking at the pictures now. Jose Soloma was there. Junior.
0: Jose Jose Suleman.
1: Great guy, very uh nice guy. Uh we we talked for a little bit. Uh he was asking me, "Where's the bathroom?" Uh well, when I was next to the auction pictures. And I said, "I don't know." I asked this guy, which was Teofimo's father. He was going in on the bathroom. I said, actually, this guy, he's going in to the bathroom left and right. I don't know where the bathroom is, but he's going there constantly. And he started laughing. I didn't even know it was Jose Suleiman until, until somebody said, oh, that's Jose Suleiman." And I was like, oh, man. When he came back, took a picture with him, very nice guy. Uh, we had also uh, um, Ivan Ivan uh, Baranacek. Who was one of the fighter, fighters of to the Ivan. night.
0: Shout out to Ivan.
1: A fighter of the year award with uh, um, Jose Cepeda. Very nice guy. We gave him a Boxingology shirt. He wore it, took a picture of it, posted it on Instagram. Great, great guy. Shout out to him. Oh, man. I got a lot of respect for that guy, too. Very nice guy. Uh, we had also... Uh, Good fighter, too. Uh, oh, we got... The great Sugar Hill. I took a picture of Sugar we, how Hill. How do we forget Sugar Hill? Funny guy. We'll be talking talking to him soon in the podcast. He's the trainer of uh, Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. He was he's the nephew of the great Emmanuel Stewart, Manny, uh, from Cronks Boxing Gym. He also trained Andre Durell for Championship and um Donna Stevenson, right? Donna Stevenson, Donna yep. Superman Stevenson uh he also trained very nice guy very personable uh, funny funny guy (laughs) you know i think that that podcast with him will be very entertaining very very knowledgeable stuff and and i'm gonna ask him a lot of stuff as a trainer not asking him opinion on who thinks he's gonna win too much of that most people will ask that that same crap i'm gonna ask him you know preparation he's, he's a trainer yeah. And things that that people want to know about trainers, because there's a lot of trainers that are still lost, uh, or they want a little extra step up in the yeah. game. He probably is going to give it to you. This guy, yeah. this guy knows his boxing. Yeah. He's been in a family of boxing, and he's with a world champion guy. Um, and he he told me one thing. I asked him about Tyson Fury. He said, "You know what? The guy, he he was somewhere, and and they were stuck." And I guess the, the event didn't go through fast or they were still waiting. And all these people were coming. And he said Tyson Fury made everybody laugh and made them feel like at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not many people could do that. I mean, Muhammad Ali would. Uh, I, I just can't picture uh, Timothy Bradley doing that or Amir Khan or Mike He's Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, even a Manny Pacquiao a the whole kind of, Certain character. Yeah, I this guy's unique. Tyson Fury is unique. Um, always laughing, laughing and and no care in the world. Gives his money to people that are poor. I mean, he, his story is, is unique. And we're gonna talk touch, yeah, touch base lot, so. eventually. Yeah. Uh, but very important part in boxing right now. Helping carry carry this sport. I think everybody's carrying the sport to a certain degree. He's definitely doing a great job. Um, but yeah. Uh, what's next for boxing? What's what fights are coming up?
0: Uh, I think I think the year is closed out now, so um, so it's, it's all gonna be next year. So not Oh, Triple G, Triple G, right? Triple G's coming up.
1: Trip, this year?
0: I think I think Triple G's fighting before this before this year is over. He's either the end of this around this month or uh, January. But I'm pretty sure Triple G's up next. Yes, he's fighting uh Murata. Murata. Okay, so yes.
1: let's let's look here. So keep talking why.
0: Triple G versus uh Murata. He's a Japanese fighter. Um we actually spoke about this. We, yeah, Triple yes, G is fighting did. this month. Uh, I thought they
1: canceled that. Did they did they? Okay, so check that. Uh we have here uh schedule on the 14th. Uh big names, big name fights. Author. Better, Better beef. Better beef. Oh, is yeah. Is fighting Marcus Brown from New York. Okay.
0: Arthur Better Beef is is a is a monster. He's Marcus a monster. Brown
1: was a world champion uh, light heavyweight who beat um, Floyd Mayweather's guy. Uh, uh, um, Badu Jack. Badu Jack. Badu Jack. And uh, have not seen him since for a while. Uh, Marcus. Was,
0: was that the fight where he split his split his head? Split his head. His yes. head. Yes.
1: Now Marcus Brown has one loss and that's against Gene Pascal. You know.
0: Yeah, he, Pascal's he's fought he's fought pretty much everybody too. Fought everybody, then uh, he's a vet.
1: yeah. And then he fought recently, uh, this year, Dennis Gretchev, Gretsch, unanimous decision, and now he's fighting Arthur uh, I think
0: I think Arthur better beaver stopped every opponent he's fought in professional. I think every fight has, has yeah. Sixteen and all
1: sixteen knockouts. Yeah, he's, he's number two in the world, number yeah. one in his country.
0: Um, doesn't get the credit he deserves. Thirty-six years old. Yes, yes, he's he, yeah. So time is time clicking is, and time ticking. is taken. Um, but um, excellent fighter. He's a he's it's it's a he's a taking time, bomb. Like like you just said, time is taking. Like when you in there with him, any punch, any punch. You I see it. that he
1: beat. To various Cloud, who used to be part of Don, King. Don King's promotion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Hopkins beat him in 2013. He fought again in 2013. I remember that. And he lost to Adonis Stevenson. Yep. Right? And then he fought Arthur Bedaviv in 2014. And then fought again in 2020. Um yeah, so...
0: That's going to be a good fight. Marcus Brown versus Better Beef. Um,
1: I'm going to say Marcus Brown gets KO'd.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Both, both, both prediction, but yeah. I, I agree. I agree. doesn't go to distance.
1: We also have here Joseph Parker, Derek Cicero. Saturday, December 18th. Two, two names people know. Yeah. Parker should win. Cicero is very entertaining. Um... Chis-
0: Chisora, I think it's Chisora.
1: Yeah, C- C- it's I call him Chisora. Um They got to earn their names here. They gotta, they, they do. You're they right. They earn their You're names right.
0: here. We still don't know uh, who Canelo the the cruiserweight guy. I have guy. no clue. We don't know who he is. So. Don't know if it's Bon
1: uh. Jovi or Barney Russell. <laughs> we,
0: we, <laughs> we still don't know his name. So
1: then we have Luis Ortiz fighting Charles Martin in the heavyweight division. That's another Charles, fight.
0: Charles Martin still getting shots.
1: Yeah, this I mean, the guy's a decent fighter. He, he's sticking around. 2 losses, sticking around. 28 wins, 2 losses, 1 draw, 25 knockouts. Yeah. Uh he lost to uh Adam Koyank. What K- K- oh, jeez. Yeah, don't. Konaki. Konaki's from New York. Don't guy. It. And uh Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua. Um, so, beat him. yeah, so I mean
0: That was a while ago.
1: He hasn't he's not a bad fighter. He has a pretty decent record. Like I said, twenty eight wins, two losses, one one loss by Kha uh, Ortiz.
0: K. Ortiz should win that fight. Should he should yeah. win that fight? I don't know what he has left in the tank, but he should win that fight. Um, Charles Martin is a he's a decent fighter, but uh, a lot of a lot of mistakes. I I, I remember when he fought Anthony Joshua. Um, that was one of Joshua's like impressive knockout wins. Yeah. So, um, but uh. We'll see. We'll see what Ortiz has left in the tank, but um,
1: Ortiz is uh, getting to the point that he's gonna need a a, a cane or a wheelchair
0: because yeah, we don't know how
1: old he is, really. We, no one knows his legitimate age. He could be as old as Moses with a staff.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going for 45, but
1: yeah, we I don't mean, know. We don't know. We're just gonna see what happens, and let's see what happens with uh, Deontay Walter, Whether he quits, retires, he doesn't know what yeah. he wants to do. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. Test and Fury had a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah, that those those
0: three fights th- took a lot out of him man. and I seen him recently speaking and he said uh he's very um he's back and forth with coming back and fighting. So uh, we'll see what happens.
1: Man, yeah. so we're gonna end the podcast. Today was uh a great podcast. We changed it up a little bit. We talked about a lot of things in boxing, a lot of things that could happen in boxing and what to watch out in boxing if you're going to become a fighter. Yep. We talked about the shows that I attended recently. Um, you know, I got my buddy here, Zaire, <laughs> uh assigned Larry Holmes Jerry yes, Cooney did. glove. Larry Holmes Jerry Cooney, yep. And, uh, you know, ha- we had a wonderful time today. No complaints in the world. Uh, no complaints in the world. And we're going to see you next week with another wonderful podcast maybe
0: we might have a special guest. So stay yeah. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, we got more heat for you next week.
1: All right. So ciao, ciao.